You know, Brittany, nothing gives me naked confidence like hitting the gym first thing in the morning. The rush, the endorphins, it just sets the tone for the entire day. Ooh, I like that. Naked confidence. Yeah. It's all about the perfect playlist for me. The right music can uplift my mood instantly. Mm, you know what a close second is for me? What's that? Not stinking. <laughs> That's why I use Lumi Whole Body Deodorant. It's like a secret weapon against odor powered by mandelic acid. Yeah, you're odor-free for up to 72 hours. I love how Lumi tackles every odor concern with natural ingredients, and I appreciate its versatility. I tried it everywhere, from pits to feet. It never disappoints. Plus, it's baking soda-free and pH balanced for safe use. And the fact that it's clinically proven to block odor all day, well, that's a game changer. Definitely. And with Lumi Starter Pack, new customers can get $5 off with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. It's a great deal for a fresh start. Don't miss out on feeling confident everywhere you go. Visit lumideodorant.com and use code TLC for a special discount. That's L-U-M-E deodorant.com. Cheers to confidence with Lumi. I'm doing it because I'm told that if I don't do it, my wife isn't horny. So I'm going to do those things. And guess what? She's still not horny. What the fuck am I doing the laundry for? <laughs> You're listening to the Laughing Couple Podcast with your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. Join them weekly as they discuss topics such as relationships, kids, sex, parenting, all unfiltered and all with a healthy dose of laughter. Please welcome your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. I'm sorry, we always have to Is sync our audio. Ryan's stomach was like... Uh, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> like, I never know how to, like, start Hello, the wife. podcast. Hello, wife. Well, it, how are you today? Honestly, I feel like, and we've we've had a rough month or two in, in communication. Communication. Mm-hmm. Because we've just been both so separately very busy. So I don't remember the last time I was really like, how are you? That's not true. Yeah. We took time to go for lunch I last week. I understand, but we we're going to talk about that. Questions. We're going to talk about oh, that. Yeah. But. Oh. I'm just saying. Well, like you're it's, building it up for, wow, for people. Wow, never mind. You're building it up for people. <laughs> yes. Oh, right, right, right. Let me etch a sketch that. Yeah, we're having a hard time. We're no, gonna work we were. <laughs> we were. We were really struggling to um, make time for each other because we both are in a very busy season of our careers. And uh, No different than most of you. Yeah, it's no true. No different it's, than most of it's you. It's just like we've noticed, and I'm sure a lot of people are the same, but like you tend to put your marriage or your relationship, um, on the back burner because you know, it's going to be there. It's like the same situation when like a kid is super amazing at school and then comes home and is like, like rages at you because they feel safe. They know that their relationship can take it, but it, it does put a, like a strain on, on the relationship. I think the, sucks. I think inherently human beings tend to uh, neglect the thing that they think is the most secure in their lives mm-hmm. because they think it's the most secure in their lives. It's like, okay, I've got five balls to juggle, which is the one that can juggle itself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw it over there or doesn't need attention. I'm going to throw it over there so I can keep these other ones juggling. Yeah, I'm going to drop a couple of them, but like, here's the most important one today. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, we, we push that over to our marriages or, or the close relationships that we know. You know, it's even that it's like, 
that one friend, you know, I can ditch that friend because I know that friend's going to understand that I'm busy and they're going to understand that I've got a lot of things going on. Well, that's the friend that's the most loyal as fuck to you. That's the friend you should probably be hanging out with and push the other stuff aside. And I think it's okay. Like if it's like, I get that. And, And sometimes there is a place for that where you like, you know that they will understand, but you, they can't always be the brunt of that. No. Like they need to be like on the forefront. Priority. If your closest and most dearest understandingest friend <laughs> is the one that gets pushed aside the most, yeah. they soon become the most, the non most caring. Wow. Daring. Really got words Words today. are difficult this morning. I'm going to struggle through this podcast. Do you have? I do. I already have. know I got you're two. Say. I love you and you're annoying, right, but I'm going to only focus on the one today. Okay. Go for it. Now this is slightly not fair because we've already gone through this annoying thing. Mm-hmm. I will say, you know, in the two and a half years that we've been doing this podcast, I very rarely arrive now, now, at this podcast with an, a true I love you and that you're we annoying. haven't already addressed because we have created this system where it's okay to say I love you and you're annoying mm-hmm. and we don't get to the podcast without having these conversations for the most part. Yeah. But I will say, oh, and I will say, uh, it's annoying. It is absolutely annoying to jump in a car and have no gas in it. Mm. it's equally if not more annoying to jump into the next car and not have gas in it let me rewind here you decided to take our vehicle my vehicle to an event uh no 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 hold on we decided okay we decided that you were going to take my vehicle to an event Mm -hmm. when i got into your vehicle with the kids there was no gas Mm -hmm. it was on reserves Mm -hmm. right so that sucked but the first thing i did is i went and I got you gas because I knew the next day you'd have your vehicle and you needed gas. So I got you gas. Well, the next day you took my vehicle. You came back and said, hey, Rye, I gave you, I put $60 in gas with in your car. And I said, okay, cool. Because hold on, hold on. Zach, tell hold on. the whole story. It doesn't really matter. Yes, it does. I didn't fill up your tank because I didn't have my gas card. So I was like, I'm going to use just $60. Right, right, right. We then decided, we then decided that it made more sense for you to my, use my car again at the next event that you went to, only to have me finally get back to my car and there was no gas. Your rebuttal was I put $60 in and you use that $60. So the two times I enter into a vehicle, there's no gas. And Mm -hmm. we've talked about this on the podcast numerous times, at least I, I know of one, where we said, when you see something that needs to be fixed mm-hmm. and you choose not to fix it, right. what you're doing is saying someone else will fix it. Well, when it comes to gas, there's only two people in this house that are capable of fixing that situation. And in both situations, those were me. Now, here's how that impacted me. It impacted me because I wasn't planning on the second time going to a meeting, not having gas. And so I had to make the decision, am I going to be late for the meeting because I have to get gas or am I going to be late getting home from the meeting to pick up the kids because I have to get gas because there was not enough gas in my car to do both trips without getting a fill up. Yeah, that's annoying. That's annoying. Super annoying. Speaking of um, like leaving something, if you're not going to do it. Are you entering yours now? Yeah. Okay. Just like it's a good segue. Um, I think that I've told you... I don't know, at least two times a week that I would really appreciate it if you would clean off your face pubes from the toilet. 
And you're like, yeah, yeah, I will. Have you done that? No. Oh, okay. So here's the thing. There's only two people that will do those things. And if you don't do it, then it's me. (laughs) And it's really, really annoying because I ask you to do this literally like two times a week. And I've, I've asked you this probably for a month now. And it's very frustrating because again, I'm the only one that deep cleans the bathroom. And it's one thing that I don't want to have to do. So right. Countering, countering that. For, no, no, count, no, no, countering that for a moment, <laughs> countering that Just for a moment, take the a onus. couple of weeks ago, we had a conversation on this podcast take the onus. of my chin hair on the floor equals your long hair on the shower wall. You, can is I just there let hair you know? on our shower wall? Can I just let is you know? Is there hair on our shower wall? So many people wrote me after that podcast and was like, it's not the same because I clean it. You don't clean the bathroom. Well, wait a second. If you clean it, then what if, if you clean it, let's Which just I do. If so you clean when? it, if you clean it, then why are you telling me to go clean it right now? I'm because you said, babe, I clean, I deep clean our space. If you're adding extra shit that I have to clean from you, that's frustrating. I listen, if you're on your, if you're on your knees cleaning around the toilet and you're, and you're mad at me because of my chin hair, fair game. Yeah. Okay. What you're telling me to do is clean it. I'm asking, And what I'm telling you to do is clean the shower wall. I do. You do? Is there, is there hair on our shower wall right yes, now? Yes. And I always clean it. You don't clean yours. <laughs> is there hair on yes, the wall? Yes. So I how can you say you always clean it when there's hair when on When I the- am deep, sorry, stop. When I'm deep cleaning the shower, okay. I clean everything. Okay. How many times, when I deep clean the bathroom, how many times, do you want to go this again? How many times have you cleaned that bathroom? Like deep clean the bathroom. I don't mean like done the toilets, washed the floor. Literally took fantastic, went around in the grout, went around the toilet, did the shower tiles, literally never. So I'm cleaning the whole space. Uh You don't clean the whole space. So to add extra stuff to my job is very frustrating. I already took the gas comment. I took that with strides. You're right. (laughs) That's really annoying. You need to take ownership to this. I am. No, you're not. You're like, yeah, that's not, but. It's annoying. I get it. It's annoying. Stop doing it or actually start doing it. However, all I'm saying is if you're, if you're making me responsible to clean it, which you should, I should be cleaning it. Let's be clear. It's my chin hair on the ground. I should clean it. I'm not even arguing that for a second. sounds like you are. I'm saying if I was the one cleaning it, then your rebuttal that you're the one that cleans the shower, then clean the shower. Okay. I'm so annoyed right now. <laughs> I, I understand why you're annoyed because you're caught in a corner. No, I'm not. Caught I'm in a not. corner? Call William Qatar. Oh my God. Anyways, we're going to talk about two different things today. The first thing we're going to talk about is something that we tried to talk about a few podcasts ago, but we didn't have time because this gets Ryan really heated. (laughs) It's a conversation about the term default parent. So the default parent is basically a term that we've used for the last year or two uh, that, that talks about the parent that takes on the most responsibilities with with the kids and so within the household yeah within the household so or without like doing this is (laughs) or or it's totally defined in another way no i'm just (laughs) saying like the default parent like this is the person that has all of the school day emails is the person that organizes extracurricular doctor's appointment like that's the default parent okay so Ryan, like I've noticed if I've had a conversation with him and like I mentioned something and it's not, it's never me referring to myself as I'm the default parent. It's like, I've, I watched something and whatever. I always noticed that Ryan would get a little like short with me. He'd be like, you know, and then finally he was like, I just need to let you know, like, I fucking hate that. I term. fucking hate that term. 
<laughs> so we decided to unpack why you really dislike that term. Guys, have you tried the new wellness shots from Good Vibes Juice? We have, and they're amazing. Perfect for boosting immunity and feeling great. Good Vibes Juice makes all natural wellness shots with ingredients that support your immune system. And they honestly taste good. Plus, they're great to have before you feel sick or even to help you recover faster. It's like having Granny's homemade remedy, but conveniently pre-made. They have three different shots to choose from, Sick Day, Get Well, and Turmeric Daily. The Sick Day shot has echinacea and ginger, known for fighting off colds and boosting immunity. The Get Well shots feature elderberry, a superfood ingredient that helps increase immunity, and the Turmeric Daily has turmeric and chamomile. My personal favorite is the Turmeric Daily. It has turmeric and chamomile, which for me, having recently turned 40, is great for anti-inflammatory and calming properties. What's great is that these shots are all natural with no preservatives or additives. You can take them as a shot or mix them with hot water for a soothing tea. And here's the best part. Visit goodvibeswithansjuice.com and use promo code TLC to get free shipping and 20% off your first order. That's www.goodvibesjuice.com with promo code TLC. Let's boost our immunity and feel great with Good Vibes Juice. Shout out to Claritin for providing samples and sponsoring this episode. Full disclosure, I was listening to you talk the other day and I was thinking to myself, why does he sound that way? And then I remembered that it's allergy season and that's just your voice because you're so stuffed up. Ah, yes, the old allergy congested accent. Luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes. Oh, perfect. So I won't have to listen to you speak like this for the next few weeks? What? You're not into it? It's not uh, not endearing? No comment. Designed for serious allergy sufferers like Ryan. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. Claritin D tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. So convenient. Just ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. And remember, only use as directed. Hey, Ryan. Yes? You stink. Um, okay. I stink too, don't worry. Everyone actually stinks, and it's normal to have body odor, just in case you needed a reminder. Okay, thank you for that. But the best part is, you don't have to stink. (laughs) Just try Lumi whole body deodorant. You're right. And Lumi's powered by mandelic acid, tackling odor for 72 hours from pits, to feet, even private areas. It's incredible. Over 300,000 five-star reviews, and you can literally use it everywhere. And the scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, or my personal favorite, toasted coconut, make it refreshing. Plus, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that's over 40% off. Stay confident from head to toe with Lumi. Try it with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. That's code TLC at L-U-M-E-D-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. Stay fresh, everyone. Yeah, this goes in, this is very similar in nature to the to the argument we got into a couple of weeks ago on the podcast um, about, uh, 
parent guilt. Mm. Oh, right, right. Yeah, it does. It's very similar. I, here's my thing. And, and I, I want to be very clear when I state this. The things that you do in this household when it comes to the kids' pickups and the schedules and the dates and the appointments and all that stuff. Irreplaceable. <laughs> yeah. It is so helpful. Helpful. Amazing. And so appreciative. Yeah. And my life would be extremely, well, it's difficult in certain senses. Now, it would be over the top hard, to, almost impossible to manage. I couldn't do what I do if I had to do those things on top of what I'm currently doing. And I'm saying this up front because I do not want to negate how important those things are because they are important. What I'm saying is inside our household, we have defined roles and responsibilities to make our unit work. It is a unit like a circle. There are no squares. There's no corners. Remember that, that movie? It's like a circle. It's endless. Inside our bubble, to make our bubble work, we collectively have roles and responsibilities. Those, not all of them, but the majority of them happen to be your roles and responsibilities. That does not make you a default parent. That makes you a partner. Because, because, (laughs) because if I didn't do the things that I did, you couldn't do those either. Okay, so, but I think that what you're missing is saying is like your biggest thing is by me saying, if I'm the default parent, you think that if you say you're the default parent, that automatically means that the other parent isn't enough. Like they aren't pulling their weight and I disagree. So by saying I'm the default parent and you say that we have responsibilities within our our household, I understand that. I think that where we're struggling lately is that I... I, this past year or two, I, I have been working way more than I did in the past. So I took on these default parent roles because I had the time. And like, that's definitely a huge contribution into our relationship. But now that I'm working just as much as you, I'm still doing all of the deep, default parent responsibilities and I'm like drowning. So I think that I, 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 like, I just don't agree that by saying I'm the default parent makes the other parent less like great. Do you know what I mean? I, I get where you're coming from, but I don't think it necessarily is a bad thing. I just think that there is a parent that like takes on those roles. And I think it might be hard for couples to like transition. Like we are in a transition phase right now where you are like taking a lot of those responsibilities on and we've had to shift because I'm working at night or I'm working on the weekend and you are doing things that you didn't do in the past and you're working and figuring out how to manage that because that's not something that you've done for the last little while. I think that I think the term default parent is what pisses me off. And to be clear, I, it, it just because because it negates for me, it negates my efforts and it makes it like, well, just think about it. Like, think about the term default by by definition. It's it's like, OK, if I'm going to go to mom, OK, I'm going to go to mom, I'm going to go to mom. It's like it's like I'm not a resource for the kids to go to. And that's completely inaccurate. I might not be the guy who knows the teacher's names in the first week of school. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were going to say like at all. Do you know what the kids name, the teacher's first names are? Uh, First names? Yeah. No, (laughs) no. 
because I'm respectful and I call them by their last no, names like the kids I know. do. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Anyways, <laughs> I might not know these things, and yeah. that's fact. Like yeah. that's true. But here's what I here's what I would say. And again, this is not to negate your efforts. But if you, God forbid, got hit by a bus yesterday, I say yesterday, <laughs> not today or tomorrow, because we know you didn't. That was, I took okay. that from my cousin, Adam. Okay. It, had you got hit by a bus yesterday or had you not been around when school started this year for me, do you know who would have done all of that stuff? Me. I would have figured it out. I don't have to figure it out because I have a partner who figures it out. So I think maybe in a, in a relationship, the, the default parent might have to take some onus in this and say like, and I do, I say this sometimes I'm like, like the other day it was pizza day orders. And I just didn't want to go through explaining it, how to like log on to the school program to order the pizza day thing. Cause it was really confusing and I already knew how to do it. But because of that, you didn't learn. And so I'm like, I'll just do it. So if I'm not even going to be willing to teach you how to do those things, I can't complain that I'm doing all of the things. Do you know? Not that I am complaining. Like, I'm really not. I think that you do a great job. Like, we've had some conversations about the mornings. Like, they're really crazy for us. Ryan has a meeting every morning at 830, but that half an hour before school gets like batshit crazy. And so I said, hey, listen, I can't make two lunches every single day of the week because my mornings are nuts too. And so Ryan now makes the lunches Tuesday, Thursdays, 100%. If he wants to make a lunch on like a Wednesday or Friday, he does like, but in saying that this wasn't always the case. Like I literally just made the lunches and I was like, I need help with this. Like I need you to do these days. And it's just like strict communication, right? Like you need to be like, okay, Brittany needs help. So you had to put in your calendar. Like, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays that that's your lunch day. It is. I will say though, sometimes it's really annoying because you don't, your, your morning is like fucked up. And then if you get behind, you're like, just do it. Help. No, you don't. You I don't say, say that. You say, I'm going to have to do this later. And then you come up at <clears throat> two minutes before we're supposed to go. <laughs> I got it. All I'm saying is this. So when you go away, right? And and you went away a couple weeks ago. Yeah. The kids didn't die. But right. I think that that's hard because I don't think that the default parent is like, it applies to like those, those days. Those are isolated times. I'm gone for five days. You can handle the kids and everything that comes with that for five days. Like you already knew, I told you that they have birthday parties to go to here, here, and here. They've got cheer practice and you just had to manage those things that were already set in place. I think the default parent like goes past those day-to-day like dad activities. It's like, it is the, the, the planning of things. It is knowing, okay, well, we need to get this doctor's appointment. It is, oh, you know what? Everything in Cooper's drawers don't fit him anymore. We should probably like recycle these clothes and put the new ones in. It's those things that happen like past the day-to-day dad roles. Do you know what I mean? That those things, because I have like zero problem with you, like, I would never be like, oh, Ryan can't handle the kids for five days. Like, I knew you would be fine, but those don't, like, that's not default parent stuff. That's like, hey, we got dad for the weekend. But here's the problem. And this is why I brought this up. This is why I brought this up on my phone. Okay. So I'm not, I'm, this isn't like Ryan, encyclopedia. <laughs> okay. Like, words matter. Yeah. Words matter. And the word default by definition is a failure to fulfill on an obligation. By definition, what uh, what someone is saying is if you are the default parent, you are doing that because your partner f- failed to fulfill on an obligation. Mm. 
I am not failing to fulfill on any obligation. We have an obligation to keep our house together. And part of our obligations are I do X and you do Y. Mm -hmm. I did not fail to fulfill on my obligation. So when you say default parent, Mm -hmm. I did not default on my parenting. But it's not referring to you as you're not defaulting. It's like the default parent is the one that you know will have all of that stuff regardless. Do you know what I mean? It's like that, that the default parent does those things without even like realizing they're doing them. I understand. But the, but the definition of the word default is a failed obligation. So I would invite you, what would be like, I'm open to changing the term. What are some suggestions? That's what I'm, I'm asking for someone to change the term because, because by simply saying that I'm the default parent, what you're saying, what you're really truly saying is your partner isn't fulfilling on their obligation in your marriage or, or in your family. And I'm telling you right now that when I hear it to me, I'm like, the fuck I'm not. (laughs) So do you have any other suggestions for the word default? Maybe go to parent. Okay. Like I'm the go to parent, like go to get this information and go to get that information. You want to be the go to parent, be the go to parent all goddamn day. But do I don't not know, be like, the default parent. Go to parent also, I feel like is just as much negativity because it's like, oh, they're the go to parent. I mean, the other one, like people, they don't like to go to that parent. Well, listen, in, in our household, there's no doubt about it. And, and I do struggle with this a little bit, but when Riley comes and says, Hey dad, can I have a play date? I always say, ask your mother. And the reason I say, ask your mother is because I'm downstairs working and I know that if she has a play date, it's going to affect you more than it's going to affect me. Yeah. So I say, go ask your mom. Your mom is the go-to person for yes or no. When it comes to certain things throughout the week, I'm okay with the, the go-to parent. Mom's the go-to parent. She knows when this is happening. She knows what that, but to say default Hmm. that's me. That's a negative on me. And I'm telling you right now, I'm doing everything I need to do for this household and everything I'm doing for this family. And when you say I'm a, and that you're the default parent, what you're saying, and I know that you're not saying this, but I'm telling you that other men feel this way. When you are the default parent, that means that they are not fulfilling on their obligation. And if they're not fulfilling on their obligation and they're beat to shit and they're tired and they're stressed, they're going to say, the fuck I'm not. Right. I just don't know if there's any other word that like I'm trying to look and I, like words matter. To, I, I agree. And, and I'm open. Unless the word is famished, words <laughs> matter. <laughs> like, again, you can't say present because the other parent isn't like maybe like mindfully. <laughs> <laughs> the blissful parent. <laughs> Let's put it out. Like, I would love people if you're listening to this one, like DMS with a can with we, a different version collectively. Can, can we just eliminate the word default parent? Mm-hmm. Because I think it's taken on a I think it's taken on a definition on its own. Mm-hmm. But when you break it down to what it actually means, if you really truly look at it, you'd probably say that your your partner isn't fulfilling on their obligation. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they're the admin parent because they're doing all of the admin stuff. It's extremely important. Do you know what I mean? Like, because when you think about it, like I look at I, the default parent to me again is like the behind the scenes stuff that doesn't really do the day-to-day things. Like they also do that, but they're also the ones setting up all of the admin, the like the logistics of it. The truth of the matter is this, Britt, my life is easier because of you. Would you say that your life is Absolutely. easier because of me? Absolutely. So how am I defaulting on anything in our relationship? <laughs> Listen, I'm not. 
I'm not, we're not on opposing sides. Okay, good. Like I never, I'm very much open to a different term. Can we just cancel? You know, you know what? Yo, this is a cancel internet. culture. Cancel Can we it. cancel the default parent? Please, for the love of God, cancel it. Yeah. Because what you're doing is you're diminishing your partner. Mm-hmm. By calling yourself the default parent, you are diminishing your partner's worth right. inside your relationship and inside your family dynamics. Mm-hmm. If they are defaulting by, by chance, if they are a shit partner and a shit parent and you want to be the default parent by definition, be the default parent, but they better be shit Mm. at what they're doing. Because if they're trying hard and they're working hard and they're putting in the effort and they're doing the things that they said they would do, you cannot call yourself the default parent. You can just call yourself a parent doing your job. (laughs) Okay. You're like winded. (laughs) I do. Like, I feel like there needs to be like a crescendo of music. I digress. I'm thinking I kind of like the term, um, like management, like manager parent, because they like manage everything like on the back end, you know, you can call your parent manager, call yourself operations, ops. (laughs) I'm I'm the ops. I'm special ops in the parents department. I'm the ops parent. Okay. Let's slide into the discussion. Um, I watched this video um, I sent it to a couple of my friends Are too. We okay and they to were like, oh, yeah, I think so. I, I feel good with that. Are you feel good? I feel like a lot of, I feel like a lot of weight is off of my shoulder by oh, getting that out. There you go. Well, we've already, I could, about I have not been able to articulate that effectively. <laughs> it's and now that I can articulate that, I do appreciate it. I feel, it. I feel less light. I feel light, less light. I feel lighter. <laughs> I feel less heavy. I definitely feel, uh, I understand more about what, what you mean, like why that word really triggered you. I do understand that. And I respect it. Thanks. You're welcome. Hmm. So moving on to this video that I saw. um, That was nice. Okay. (laughs) That was nice of you. I feel heard. It's about, um, this guy starts talking about how um, he's like a coach. And I guess some dude came in and was really frustrated because uh, this guy that he was coaching saying like, my wife isn't attracted to me anymore. And when I feel like we are intimate, it's like a chore to her. Excuse me. Oh. It's my sister-in-law. I'll have to call her back. Um, anyways, so he's talking about how this guy feels like his wife is being, when he, when she has to be intimate, the, the key word is has to be, it feels like it's a chore and she doesn't feel, he doesn't feel like she wants to. And so he introduces this term called, um, well, it's not really a term. It's a sentence. It says, <laughs> sorry. He introduces a sentence. <laughs> no, he, he put words around um, a subject that I feel like a lot of people will be able to relate to. And he says, what is the bridge to intimacy? And he then says, it's empathy. So what is empathy? It's emotional understanding. So empathy is the bridge to intimacy. And when you have a partner who isn't empathetic and, you know, transactional, like that person, in this case, the wife isn't feeling heard, she isn't feeling seen. And then because of those things, she doesn't feel emotionally fulfilled. And then her husband comes up and is like, yo, like I want to have sex. And she's like, this is, this is not, I'm not feeling this right. Like there isn't that intimacy in emotion there. And like, we've talked about this multiple times, a lot of the times, and this is blanketed, but women, we had a great podcast on this subject, right? Women also feel that like when you're intimate, it's, it's emotional, right? Like, yes, there's time for just sex, but like a lot of the times in like a marriage or or a long-term relationship, there's a lot of emotion attached to intimacy. So the fact that this guy was like, I just feel like it's transactional. You know what I also thought was really, really powerful when he said these men who show up in their life 
who have all of this attention, um, on their business, on everything exterior, and they put all of this effort in, it's all transactional. And then they get to their wife and they're also treating it transactional. It doesn't flow like that does not work, but they are so used to being over in this space where all of these things are transactional. Like it's, it's a strange transition for men specifically to meet her at her emotions. Do you know what I mean? I anyway, do. I just was like, very, I'm, we'll post the link to it in um, the uh, the show notes because it's really, it's a really powerful little two minute clip. But yeah, I so, really enjoyed it. <clears throat> here's the thing. First and foremost, I think it's important to note that I completely agree with this individual. And when he was speaking, I thought, yeah, that makes a hell of a lot of sense. Obviously, the bridge to intimacy is empathy. We all know that to be true. Mm. I don't think so. Well, you and I do. <laughs> Collectively, as in <laughs> you and I. The two people in this room right now, <laughs> we all. Um, here's the thing. If I was, well, I am a man and I'm hearing this information. This to me, empathy to me is the same kind of conversation. It, it borders on the same kind of conversation as this love language thing, right? Mm -hmm. That we talk about excessively where it's like a lot of women are acts of service for their love language. And a lot of men happen to be touch for their love language. That just seems to be how we receive love. How we give love is unique in our own sense. But I, I do find that a lot of women are acts of service and a lot of men are touch, mm -hmm. physical, physical mm -hmm. touch, which is where a lot of these marriages get kind of, you know, murky. Number one stressor is, is, uh, according to stats is financial. And then the number two is intimacy or lack thereof. I think here's where, here's where the yeah, but comes into play. Yes. I understand that. Yes. It makes sense. Yes. Green light gold star. Yeah. But why is it the man that has to have the empathy? What do you mean? Well, if you you if y'all know, <laughs> if y'all know, if y'all know that our love language is touch, oh, we're gonna go here. And you all know that the way we interact on a day to day basis is transactional. Where's the empathy for us? I'm sorry. So you're saying that a wife who knows that their husband is receives love in touch and he deals with transactions she should just like kind of suck it up and do those things if she doesn't feel emotionally met i'm not i'm not suggesting that she should <laughs> well i'm asking because i won't be real clear before i'm not suggesting here. that she should okay. what i'm stating is that's what you're saying the male should do no, but this comes Correct. down to, no, this comes down to, I think the conversation, like really what, can, what comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? We're at this standstill of, I don't feel emotionally supported in like what I'm doing around the house. I feel like I have all of this stress. You come home and you just want sex. Well, I'm not going to give you sex if I'm not getting help over here where the husband's like, well, I'm not going to give you help if I'm not getting sex. So it's like <clears throat> one person kind of has to give, right? But I, I will go back to like, you said something about receiving and giving love. It's also different just because you receive love a certain way doesn't mean you give that the same way where I feel like you do. Like I had a really stressful week last week and you were so lovely and you were like, listen, tonight I'm going to give you a massage, like literally gave me like a full body massage because that's how you 
receive love mm-hmm. is touch, right? And for me, that was unreal, like literally rubbed my whole body down, but would have really helped me in like my stress would have been like, Hey, just so you know, I did all of the kids laundry. You know what I mean? It's those different givings. Well, Brittany, that's funny that you mentioned that because on that same day I did the laundry on that same day, I booked a reservation for our lunch. And on that same day, I give you a massage. I hit all Hold three on. fucking Hold love on. languages. You did your laundry and you booked I did her, laundry. You did your laundry, Correct. something that wouldn't have affected me because I don't do your laundry. It was bothering you. I don't do your laundry. So you weren't you. taking something off of my plate. You were doing a responsibility that you needed to do. And then you booked our reservation because I said, you need to book our reservation. We need to have lunch together. I want to hang out. So these are things that I had to tell you to do. But You're welcome. Good job. You're welcome. <laughs> All I'm saying is. I hit every love every language. Every goddamn love language was hit in that evening. <laughs> Anyways, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is this. I actually, my way of giving love is not touch. My way of giving love is gifts. Is gifts. Yeah, I agree. I gift. That okay. is what I do. So maybe this is more just like a learning situation for us. Although I love that so much. And if I'm super stressed out, I would absolutely also enjoy that again. But like taking on something that you know that I deal with as default. <laughs> I'm going to fucking lose it. I'm going to fucking lose It would be really helpful for me. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, hey, you know what? I made the kids lunches. I know it's like usually your day tomorrow, but I did them. Like those small things. And we always joke about like, oh, like laundry is for floor play. It actually floor is. Floor play? Well, it could be. It actually is though, because it's taking a task away from your partner. If they are stressed out, it's taking a task away from your yeah. partner to put them in a space of like, oh, you know what? That's one less thing I have to worry about. I'm a little bit more relaxed, especially for women. If they take, if you're taking something off of their to-do list, they're going to be like, oh, Like that is definitely emotional empathy. Like you are meeting me there. I know that you're caring about the stuff that I have to do beyond my life as a mom. It is sexy. Yeah, I totally get it. Totally get it. Here's my yeah, but. Yeah, but I'll tell you from a male standpoint, when a male, men are so like, honest to God, we are simpletons. We need to eat and we need to have sex. And as long as we get to eat and have sex, life is like, we can figure out everything else. And I'm not suggesting you need to cook for us. Don't get that twisted. Women aren't complicated either. We need to feel supported Uh in our duties outside of being a mom. And if you help us there, we're going to be like, "Mm, I just don't like your whole argument. Like, well, why not you meet me? Listen. Why aren't you sexual? Of course you don't like the argument because it allows you to not do the other thing. No, it's not. I just like, honestly, right. I feel like I'm going to screenshot every single woman who messages me from this podcast and be like, just so you know, it's going to trigger a lot of people. Listen, here's the thing. We're talking about stuff that affects marriages. Yeah. There are equally the same amount of men who don't listen to this podcast that if they listen to this podcast would be like, he's saying what I'm thinking. I'm not saying and what that I'm you thinking don't and deserve- what I'm saying is this. 
I get it. I get it. Honestly, if I did X, Y, and Z more, you would be less stressed. You'd be less worried. You'd be all of these less things. And then that could, could, hypothetically could lead to more sex. It doesn't always lead to more sex. Why? Because all the experts say, well, don't do this, 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 and this to get sex because that's just the wrong way of doing it. No, that's why I'm fucking doing it. I'm doing it because I'm told that if I don't do it, my wife isn't horny. So I'm going to do those things. And guess what? She's still not horny. What the fuck am I doing the laundry for? (laughs) What I'm saying is this. If you know that this is how men talk on a day-to-day, day-to-day basis, they're transactional. On a day-to-day basis, they don't meet people at emotions. They meet them at like objections and go, go straight to fix. If you know these things about us and you know that our love language is touch, which equals sex, and you choose not to do those things, it's the same thing that you're saying to us. It's like, well, if you don't do this, then I don't give you that. Well, maybe if you just gave us this, we'd give you that more. You're absolutely right. What came first, the chicken or the egg? I don't know, but it seems like every single psychiatrist, every single relationship coach, every single person that we talk to says, men, if you just did more of this, you'd get more of that. How about you just stop, pump the brakes for five seconds and say, Maybe, just maybe, if you touched your husband, he'd feel appreciated. Maybe, just maybe, if you touched your husband, he'd feel loved and but he'd like feel supported. The, like that's like a whole like basically saying that the victim doesn't feel valid. Like the victim should do something. Like I just don't like this. How argument. are you the victim? No, I'm not a victim. I'm saying that goes back to like the blaming a victim, being that's, like the victim could have done this. But sweetheart, blah blah. blah. But sweetheart, hold on, hold that's on. only that's only if you hold think on. it's I let the other you way. Talk. I let you talk. You did. Thank you. I think that if you are going to come to an agreement with your partner, if you feel like you are in this like tug of war situation, I think it takes both parties to put a solid effort into doing something that maybe isn't like particularly the way they do things. So for me, I, I like if I'm super tired, I need to swallow that tiredness and be like, listen, I know Ryan's really stressed out right now. If we if we're intimate this like right now, it's going to help him. And I need even though I didn't maybe get the laundry done from you that day and I need you to go and do the laundry or try those things. And it doesn't necessarily you can't be like, I did the laundry. Where's sex? Like KY not, Jelly is my default partner. Anyways, I said it. I think that I said both it. parties need to step outside of their comfort zone of what, like they're at the end of the day, they're both just very stubborn. I want this from you first. Wait. I'm not going to do what you want until you give me what I want. Like there has to come a time where both parties let their guard down and say, you know what, like let's start blank slate and we'll both actively try. But this comes down to communication. Let me ask you this question, Brittany, and I think we can end on this. <sighs> oh, Okay. Well, you can keep going if you like, but okay. I, I think this is a good place to end for our, for our, the people listening to this podcast. This is a great place for them to end the podcast and ask their partner this. If one partner decides that they're going to do the things that the other partner wants mm-hmm. in their lives to make their lives easier, to fulfill their love language, to do whatever it is that they need to do to clear the path for sex mm-hmm. and it's not reciprocated, how long do you suggest you continue to do that? I don't know. I don't have an answer. Because the problem is, the problem that I have, and I've heard this argument from you before, it's like, oh, you only did that to have sex. No, I don't No, say that's that. not true. I don't say, honestly, Rye, I, have, I haven't said that 
if at all, in years. So you don't get to put that on me. I don't think I've ever been like, you only did the do you laundry think that's for not sex. A, do you think that's not a common uh, thread amongst marriages? Do you um, think that's not common? I think that that would be a comment that a woman would make to her girlfriend, but I don't think that's healthy to say to your husband or your I don't think it's spouse. healthy to say at all. What I think it is, is your partner's trying really hard to fulfill on what you're asking yeah, for. I don't and think you, that's and a comment you, to make. And you are still withholding. I don't agree with that. I would never say that. Like, oh, you only did this for sex. Yeah. And like, I'm trying to help you out. I'm not doing this as uh, I, I'm doing this so you get to give me sex. It's like, I'm doing this because I know that this helps you. And I know that this maybe will be able to bring us closer. I do not agree with saying that. I don't think I've ever said that. I think it's important. I think it's important to really, truly establish. The state. To establish that sex is part of the obligation of marriage. Just like Ooh. it is, it is. That's a, it, as long as both parties, as long as both parties want it. Fi- yes. Okay. As long as both parties want it. Just be careful that like that, those words could be but, twisted. But here's what I'm, but here's what I'm getting at. No different than if there's laundry to be done, someone in the household has to do it. And it's not one person has to do it. Both people have to do it. If the dishes need to be done, it's a partnership. If the kids need to get this assignment done, it's a partnership. All of these things are part of relationships and their rules and, and regulations around how to build a sex successful relationship. Successful. Yeah, there you go. Freudian <gasps> slip. And I think that if sex is not part of that, the marriage is not going to be at the highest level that it can possibly be at. Mm-hmm. I would I would be willing to bet a couple who has sex with each other more than a couple who doesn't is a happier couple. Yeah, I would agree to that. So if you want a happy relationship, do the laundry, do the laundry <laughs> and fuck on top of it. <laughs> no, before. Because, well, that would be gross. Do fuck on top of the dirty laundry. Yeah. And you're going to wash it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All Let's right. fucking get dirty on the laundry. <laughs> on that note. We'll oh, okay. We'll bye. See, yeah. Yeah. We'll bye. see you later. Peace out. This, was, out. this was great. No, sorry. Yeah. You have anything else to say? No. Okay. Okay. Bye. Let's default. <laughs> Hey everyone, I'm Emily Beerley and I'm Jennifer Chaikin and we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of the therapy group and hosts of the Shrink Chicks podcast. Every week we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout. Making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psychobabble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how. And work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.